Dr. Anthony Fauci and other key health officials testify before Congress, the Supreme Court gets political with its decision, and Joe Biden strengthens his lead against Donald Trump before the election. I'm Eli Kelton, this is the Teenager's Guide to Politics. Alrighty, hey everyone, thanks for checking out the podcast today. I just wanted to quickly describe what the premise of the podcast is about, and so I wanted to create a podcast that would simplify the news down into basic and direct segments where people could be informed and have a firm foundation on how American politics behave. I also wanted people to be influenced by the facts and not personal rhetoric, so my job here is to inform the people of the facts, and then you can form your opinion from there and be able to discern right or wrong from your own moral stance. Again, thank you for checking out the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Alrighty, for the first segment today, we're going to be talking about Anthony Fauci and his uh, his testifying before Congress. And so the White House Coronavirus Task Force has been out of a public view as President Trump has shown an urgency to move past the pandemic and downplaying recent surges in the COVID-19 cases in some states. And get Americans back to work. But after today's hearing, the nation's top infectious disease expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, has continually warned against Americans and the risk of the further of spread of the virus. Fauci cautioned states earlier this month to rethink their reopening strategies if they see increases in the number of people hospitalized with COVID-19. Quote, when you start seeing more hospitalizations, there's a surge fire sign that you're in a situation where you're going to, in the wrong direction. Fauci, the director of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, told CNN's Wolf Flitzer on the Situation Room on June 12th, Many states have loosened restrictions that begin March to stop the spread of the virus, but the lack of a vaccine, as well as more people congregating in public spaces and recent protests against racial injustice in major cities, has troubled many experts. As states reopen, you are going to see this blip in infections, but identification, isolation, and contact tracing are key. He also warned, Dr. Anthony Fauci also warned that states do not skip over some of the reopening guidelines the federal government has outlined. Quote, if you leapfrog over different uh, phases, you increase the risk that you are going to have some kind of resurgence that we are seeing in certain states, he said. Last week, Fauci joined the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services podcast, Learning Curve, and said, anti-science bias in this country can be problematic. Quote, one of the problems we face in the United States is that Unfortunately, there is a combination of anti-science bias that people are, for reasons that sometimes are, you know, inconceivable and not understandable. They just do not believe science and they don't believe authority, end quote, Fauci said. Fauci has defended the shutdown policies in the United States and around the world during the pandemic as having saved, quote, millions of lives. Today, during the House's briefing on the Trump's administration coronavirus response, comes at least 25 states are seeing a rise in new report cases compared to the previous week, according to data from John Hopkins University. Led by eight states, including Texas, Florida, and Arizona, in Texas, Governor Gret, uh, Greg Abbott warned that tougher action may be imposed if the numbers there continue to spike, but he stressed that the closing down the state again will always be the last option. COVID-19 is now um, spreading at an unacceptable rate in Texas and must be controlled, Abbott said Monday. Houston's Health Department and Harris County Hospitals have had seen a 177% increase in COVID-19 positive patients since May 31st. The number of coronavirus cases in Florida reached a milestone on Monday, as the state reported 100,217 cases, according to the new data released from the Florida Department of Health. The Sunshine State has also seen all the markings of the next large epicenter of the coronavirus transmission, and risks being the worst it has ever been, according to the projections from a model of scientists at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and the University of Pennsylvania. 
Arizona, where Trump plans to travel today, continues to see its new case numbers climb. The state averaged about 2,412 new reported cases daily over the week during ending June 21st, up about 94% from the previous seven-day period. According to CNN's analysts of data from Johns Hopkins University, officials say that the major thrust of new coronavirus cases in the U.S. is in the South and West, has also been attributed to more young people ignoring social distancing measures and testing positive. Young people are more likely to have milder outcomes from coronavirus, but they can still infect others who are more at risk. Quote, with with younger age of recent infections in some places such as Florida, expect a lower death rate in this wave until the 20 and 40 year olds who are infected today get on, go on and infect others. End quote. Tom, Dr. Tom Freins, former director of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, said on Twitter, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top disease expert, told Axio the recent high numbers of cases in young people is not surprising. Like Friden, he warned that what what's to come. Dr. Robert Redfield, director of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control Prevention, also said getting a flu vaccine this year will be more important than ever. In his opening statement prepared for him, uh, for his testimony today in the U.S. Energy and Commerce Committee posted online, Bafir says, quote, if there's a COVID-19 and flu activity in the same time, this could place a tremendous burden on the healthcare system related to bed occup- occupancy, laboratory testing needs, personal protective equipment, and healthcare worker safety. Getting a flu vaccine is more important than now, than now than ever. Getting a flu vaccine will help keep you and your loved ones out of the doctor's office and hospitals and help conserve uh, scarce medical resources to care for COVID-19 patients, Redfield said. He's expected. Um, Red, Redfield has said that the CDC is working with public officials around across the United States to increase the number of people who get the flu virus. Quote, ongoing COVID-19 activity may affect where and how the flu vaccines are given. The CDC is working with manufacturers to maximize flu vaccine supply and with providers and health department to de- develop contingency plans so that people can be vaccinated in safe environments, Ramfield says. The Committee on Energy and Commerce is holding a hearing this morning um, entitled Oversight of the Trump Administration's Response to the COVID-19 Pandemic. The hearing comes as the country continues to grapple with the devastating public health consequences of the pandemic, which has already claimed the lives of over 1,200,000 in the U.S. The hearing will include both in-person and remote member attendees, according to the committee's website. All four witnesses are expected to participate in the hearing in person, including Dr. Anthony Fauci, Institute of Health, Dr. Robert Renfield, U.S. Uh, US Centers for Disease Control, Dr. Brent Guar, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and Dr. Stephen Hahn, Food and Drug Administration um, President. The four uh, witnesses testified remotely before a Senate committee on the administration's coronavirus response in May. Once a daily occurrence, the White House Coronavirus Task Force briefing has halted abruptly on April 27th. Today's hearing will be an opportunity for lawmakers to question these top health experts in a public setting. While Fauci has maintained a relatively busy schedule of media exposure, including interviews on CNN and ABC last week, other task force officials have kept a much lower profile and have not spoken at official White House events in weeks. President Trump undercut the defense of his own administration and said that he was not kidding when he said he asked for a slowdown in coronavirus testing. The president also called testing a double-edged sword. I don't kid. Let me tell you. Let, 
me to make it clear, Trump said today when he asked if he was kidding about the comments he made at his rally on Saturday. Trump's comments come less than an hour before Dr. Anthony Fauci and other health experts were set to testify before a House committee on the administration's coronavirus response. Shortly after Trump said at the rally that he had asked people to slow the testing down, please, an administration official told CNN that the president was obviously kidding. On Monday, White House Press Secretary Keely McKinnon told reporters during a press briefing that Trump was speaking in jest and in passing at the rally. The president, speaking to reporters at the White House ahead of his departure for Arizona, again praised the amount of testing the White House has done, but blamed the same testing for the increase in coronavirus cases. Quote, we test better than anyone else in the world. Our tests are the best in the world, and we have the most of them. But have more tests, we have more cases, Trump said. If you look at other countries, they did 1 million, 2 million, 3 million big countries. We did 25 million, way more, double, triple, quadruple than any other country. Therefore, we test, we're going to have more cases. End quote. The president did also say that the testing is helpful for locating where the cases are, but because it shows more cases, he views that as a double-edged sword. Quote, by having more cases, it sounds bad, but actually what it is, is we're finding people, many of these people who aren't sick or, or very little, they may be young people, but that's what is because of all these cases that we find, and we have a very low mortality rate, just about the best in the world, so the advantage to the testing, along with other things, Trump said, quote, testing is a double-edged sword, in one way it tells you how many cases, in other you find out where the cases are, and you do a good job, we are doing a great job, we have never been credited for it. We are doing the best testing job anywhere in the world, he added. Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the Inst uh, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, says a safe and effective vaccine for SARS-CoV-19-2, the official World Health Organization designated name, will be essential to stopping the spread of infection, reducing rates of mortality, and preventing future outbreaks. In his opening statement, prepared for his testimony for the House Energy and Commerce Committee, he posted online, Fauci said, that the National Institute is working with several partners, including Moderna and Rocky Mountain Laboratories, on a potential COVID-19 vaccine. Quote, the rigorous clinical testing required to establish vaccines safely and efficiency means that it must make some time for licensed SARS-CoV-2 vaccine to be available to the general public, he says. Additionally, the National Institute of Health is working to find the therapeutics to fight coronavirus. Quote, the National Centers for Advancing Translational Services is leveraging the NCATS's pharmaceutical collection, a compilation of every drug approved for human use by major regulatory agencies worldwide, and other collections of small molecules and compounds to identify potential SARS-CoV-2 therapeutics for further investigation. Fauci said, the United States has performed nearly 22 million tests for COVID-19 since the pandemic has done, said Dr. Admiral Brett, who are the Assistant Secretary for Health at the U.S. Department of Human Health and Human Services. In his opening statements prepared for his testimony before the House Energy and Commerce um, Committee and posted online, Guar said the U.S. is now at a rate of between 400 and 500,000 tests per daily, and this number will continue to increase. His comments come after President Trump came under fire on the weekend for saying at a rally that he has told staff to slow down testing for the disease due to the rising new cases in the U.S. The Food and Drug Administration continues to grant emergency use authorization for COVID-19 tests in record numbers, Guar said. The amount in, the amount in which um, um, COVID-19 tests were issued are expected to grow exceedingly past viral outbreaks, Guar said in 2016 during the Zika outbreak. The FDA issued 20 tests EUAs in 2019 for H1N1. There are, were 17 test EUAs as of January 2020. The FDA has issued more than 135 
coronavirus test, EUAs, Guar said. An important note here, Guar doesn't specific, specify in his opening statements which type of test he's referring to, those that check for current infections and those that check for past infections. It is also important to note many individuals have also received multiple tests. In his opening statements, U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Director Dr. Robert Renfield acknowledged the rising number of COVID-19 cases in some areas of the country and said Americans' most powerful weapons against the virus is following prevention measures. Quote, while, we, while overall cases count are going down, several communities are seeing increased cases driven by multiple factors, including increased testing outbreaks. Evidence of communities' transmission right now, the most powerful weapon against this disease are social distancing, face covering, and hand hygiene. These actions will help us contain transmission along with readily available testing, comprehensive timely contact tracing, timely isolation of known cases, and self-quarantine to break the chains of transmission. Renfield said he called on Americans to remain vigilant in the country's collective obligation to protect each other, especially communities communities that are more vulnerable. Quote, once again, I call on the American people to remain vigilant in our collective obligation to protect those who may be at risk for se severe complications of COVID-19 due to age or underlying medical conditions. We must also lessen the burden of COVID-19 among racial and ethnic groups disproportionately impacted, Renfield said. Dr. Anthony Fauci said that vaccines are the hallmark of all really defining response that we have to virus diseases. He touted progress on a possible COVID-19 vaccine, saying that one could be ready by the end of the year. Quote, it is generally vaccines that put the nail in the coffin, Fauci said, while testifying for uh, Congress. Health officials are in, a, in the middle of a major effort on a vaccine trials, Fauci said. One of the vaccines being worked on will end its phase three trial in July, while others begin the phase in coming weeks and months. Fauci said he feels cautiously optimistic about the process. He says that he is expected to see them to be available to the American public within a year from when we started, which could put us at the end of this year and the beginning of 2021. Alrighty, moving on to our second segment for today about the Supreme Court and its politicization across the United States in time. President Trump and presumptive Democratic uh, presidential nominee Joe Biden have both made shaping the Supreme Court's agenda central to their campaign pitches. With Biden promising to appoint the first black woman and someone who embraces abortion rights to the bench, while Trump has warned of an end to conservative governments if Biden has his way. But a series of liberal decisions by the conservative-led Supreme Court this week is a showcase that shakens of such promises in an era where candidates of both parties are making increasingly explicit pledges to name justices who will faithfully carry out their agenda. Two Republican-appointed members of the court, including Trump's first pick, Neil M. Gorsuch and Chief Justice John G. Roberts Jr. has made it clear that their opinion will not always be predictable when it comes to issues important to Republicans. They each joined with liberal judges to defeat Trump administration priorities this week. The court has also refused to take up cases for the next term that had been championed by conservatives, including cases on gun rights and California's sanctuary cities law. These twists have deeply frustrated conservatives. Quote, the left and the right are playing on different set of rules, said Ralph Reed, chairman of the Faith and Freedom Coalition, a conservative leaders group after Gorsuch's ruling on Monday. Quote, they seem to be able to appoint people who largely, if not universally, hew the, to the party line. On the right, it feels somewhat that the best you are battling is a 50-50 shot sometimes. The surprises have prompted both President Trump and his Democratic appointment to redouble their arguments as they head down toward Election Day. 
on the need to build as big a court majority as possible at the same time. They are injecting more anxiety and more uncertainty in the process. The stakes are high, with conservatives holding a narrow 5-4 majority on the court and Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, 86, widely accepted to retire in the next few years, possibly along with her other colleagues. That could give the next president the opportunity to influence the court for a generation. The move by Roberts and Gorsuch have also served to bolster the case long made in public by Roberts that the courts are not simply an extension of the political branches of government. Quote, we do not have Obama judges or Trump judges, Bush judges or Clinton judges, Roberts said in 2018, after Trump verbally criticized a federal judge. Democratic court watchers cautioned that this week's ruling may not define the court's term. The court is expected to issue opinions as soon as next week that could favor Trump and the Republican Party on questions regarding the release of Trump's tax returns, abortion restrictions in Louisiana, religious exemptions to contraception mandates, and the structure of the Consumer Financial Protections Bureau. Quote, I don't think that people should form judgments yet about the trajectory of the conservative majority yet until these ruins are out, said Brian Fallon, executive director of Demand Justice, a progressive group that has supported restructuring the court to weaken the conservative influence. For advocates on the right, however, the shock of this week's revived previous traumas that dates back to the presidencies of Dwight D. Eisenhower and Ronald Reagan, who appointed justices who reportedly ruled against the conservative movement's priorities, especially in their late their careers. The decision by Gorsuch to chart his own course is particularly painful for some conservatives, given that he has vetted Trump for by a small group of legal scholars and including leaders of the Federalist Society who offered public assertions of their credentials. After this week's ruling on gay rights, conservatives writer Baron Medea despired for the long years pushed to elevate conservative justices. Quote, the whole point of the Federalist Society Judicial Project whole point of electing Trump to implement it was to deliver Supreme Court victories to social conservatives, he tweeted. If they cannot deliver anything that basic, there's no point to either. But other conservatives cautioned against over-interrupting the recent opinions, which amount to a small slice of the decision issued by the court's term. Quote, Justice Gorsuch and Kavanaugh are the most vetted justices in history by a Republican president. Their records are robust and the progress was thorough, said Curry Sevenier, president of the Justice Crisis um, Network Conservative Group. Quote, that said, I'm sure that the process could be improved even further as it has the last several decades for the sake of advancing the rule of law even more so. End quote. Trump during the 2016 campaign announced a list of potential appointees to assert uh, conservatives that he would pick someone to their liking. An apparently successful effort to persuade some on the right who are otherwise, otherwise op- uncomfortable with Trump's to support him. In response to this ruling this week, Trump promised to double down on his strategy, though he has not yet publicly acknowledged that it was Gorsuch's vote that undetermined his administration's fight to prevent workplace protections for gays, lesbians, transgender employees. Quote, this horrible and politically charged decision comes out of the Supreme Court's are shotgun blast into the face of people that are proud to call themselves Republicans or conservatives, Trump wrote on Twitter. Do you get the impression that the Supreme Court does not like me? End quote. The Trump campaign has argued that the court debate will once again work to its benefit this year. The Trump's record appeals to the conservatives who supports him in 2016, Trump campaign spokesman Tim Moran said. Contrast with that with the vision of Joe Biden, who has proven that he will bend to the will of extreme left and has even been endorsed by Planned Parenthood, which supports abortion on demand. But Democratic voters long thought to care less about the court than the GOP counterparts may have begun to close the gap in their interest in the judicial selection. Progressives are galvanized on this issue of the courts like never before, and Aaron, president of the Alliance of Justice, a liberal group focused on 
Judicial Selection. One galvanizing episode with the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's refused to allow a hearing for for former President Barack Obama's final Supreme Court pick, Merrick Margland, that kept the opening open until President Trump won, allowing him to appoint Gorsuch instead and seal the court's conservative majority. Trump Democrats were upset enough by the conservative strength on the court that several candidates in the recent concluded President Trump's primaries embraced plans to remark the structure of the court by expanding its membership or rotating justices off the bench. Biden did not embrace those plans, though he did back down from his past opinion to litmus tests across the court picks. As a senator, he voted against the confirmation of Roberts and Justice Clarence Thomas and in favor of more liberal justices on the court. Biden praised Biden praised Thursday's decision on procedural grounds to allow the continuation of the Deferred Action of Childhood Arrival Program, which allows undocumented immigrants brought to the United States as children to stay in the country. Quote, the Supreme Court's ruling today is a victory made possible by the courage and resilience of hundreds of thousands of DACA recipients who bravely stood up and refused to be ignored, Biden says. As Justice Roberts said, the Trump administration's action was arbitrary and completely vile. During his 2016 campaign, Trump was explicit in the promising policies outcome from his Supreme Court picks. During a presidential debate, he predicted that Roe v. Wade would be overturned automatically if he was able to appoint two or three justices to the court. Since he took office, he had been able to appoint two justices to fill the seats that had previously been filled by Republican nominees. Another court pick is likely during the president's term. Ginsburg has suffered four bouts with cancer and was hospitalized earlier this year for a non-surgical treatment of gallbladder conditions. Many court watchers expect her to step down during the next presidential term. Republican charges who credited the 2018 confirmation of Justice Brett M. Kavanaugh for increasing GOP turnout in the middle, midterm elections. Says a vacancy on the court this year would be a political boon. A uh, court pick or two would change everything, said Scott Reed, a Republican strategist who works for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Quote, there's nothing more that energizes the conservative electorate like the Supreme Court. Public perceptions of the court have shifted amid increased partisanship in recent years with disapproval of the way the court is handling its job peaking at 52% in 2016 before falling 42% last year, according to a Gallup poll. A poll last year by Marquis University Law School found that 36% of the country said politics mainly motivated the court's decision, compared to 64 who said it was mainly the law. Roberts, as a leader of the court, has made maintaining that the public perception of the court a top priority. In order to respond to Trump's comments on occasion after Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer warned last month that Gorsuch and Kavanaugh would pay a price for voting against abortion rights. Robert said threatening the statement of this sorts are dangerous. He also promised that the justices will continue to do their job without fear or favor from whatever quarter. An appointee of George W. Bush, Roberts has periodically sided with liberals on the court in key moments, including a case that preserved key parts of the Affordable Care Act and a case that rejected the Trump administration's desire for citizenship question in the 2020 U.S. Census. That has not earned him the trust of liberals. Roberts is playing a little bit more of a long game and trying to bend that, that they are the universe just a bit more slowly, Fallon said. He is trying to achieve some gains that his colleagues on the conservative majority have in mind, but to do it off the front page. End quote. Whatever the end goal, the, Ro- the Roberts approach is likely to decrease public pressure on the more radical changes that would remark the structure or balance of the court. Roberts strikes me as someone who is cognizant and about how he, the court is being perceived. The more the court continues to hand out victories to both sides in the cultural world, both sides in the political community, the harder it is for those kinds of proposals to get traction. Alrighty, moving on to our last little bit to, uh, for this podcast today. Former Vice President 
Joe Biden has strengthened the standings in several states critical to determine the outcome of the 2020 White House race, according to news surveys, as President Donald Trump falls further behind in the various battlegrounds that helped propel him to the office in 2016. The latest results of a series of New York Times Siena College polls released Thursday represent another boon for the um, Biden campaign which has enjoyed commanding leads over Trump in service of voters nationwide, but remained locked in closer contest with the president's re-election efforts in the swing states he wrestled with Hillary Clinton four years ago. Across half a dozen key states where Trump prevailed in 2016, such as Arizona, Florida, Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, the president now trails Biden by an average of nine percentage points, an increase for Biden's two-point average advantage in those states in October. All of the states account for 101 of the 538 electoral votes available for the candidate on election day. A majority of at least two, at least 270 are needed to win. They are likely to play an outsized role in selecting the next president. Biden maintains a lead of at least six points in all of them, according to the polls. In Arizona, which Trump won by 4.1 percentage points in 2016, 48% of the registered voters polled said that they would vote for Biden if the election were held today, while 41 said they would vote for Trump. A lead of 7 percentage points for Biden. In Florida, where Trump won by 1.3 percentage points in 2016, 27% of those polled said that they would vote for Biden if the election was held today, while 41% said that they would vote for Trump. A lead of 6 percentage points for Biden. In Michigan, where Trump won by 0.3 percent points, Percentage points in 2016, 27 of those polls said that they would vote for Biden if the election were held today, while 36% said that they would vote for Trump, a lead of 11 percentage points for Biden. In North Carolina, which Trump won by 3.7 percentage points in 2016, 49% of those polls said that they would vote for Biden if the election were held today, while 40% said that they would vote for Trump, a lead of 9 percentage points for Biden. Pennsylvania, where Trump won by 1.2 percentage points in 2016, 50% of those polled said that they would vote for Biden if the election were held today, while 40% would say they'd vote for Trump, a lead of 10 percentage points for Biden. In Wisconsin, where Trump won by one percentage point in 2016, 49% of those polls said they would vote for Biden if the election were held today, while 38% would say they would vote for Trump, a lead of 11 percentage points for Biden. The state's polls Thursday come after a separate, a separate New York Times survey released percentage of those polls reporting Biden as their preferred candidate and 36% favoring Trump. Both Biden and Trump's campaign have largely dismissed, have been dismissed of polling less than five minutes out for a general election. Biden has argued that his supporters keep their heads down and ignore the polls ahead of November. A Democrats' fear complacency among their voters could contribute to another upset victory by the president, akin to the one he pulled off in 2016. Trump, meanwhile, has savaged phony surveys showing him faltering in the race for the White House, arguing that pollsters are again undervaluing his appeal among the forgotten men and women of America. The Times in the Times state polls were conducted June 8th through 18th, surveying 3,870 registered voters in Arizona, Florida, Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. The margin sample area is plus or minus 4.1, around 4.6 percentage points for an individual state poll, and margin of the sampling error for the full battleground sample is plus or minus 1.8 percentage points. Alrighty guys, that's it for me today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and I'll see you next time on the Teenager's Guide to Politics.